Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. Mind your business with the breakfast huddle only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's The Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Danker, Barisi Jagdish and Ryan Huang with you. Let's talk about how entrepreneurs, you know, when you start a business, you do well, you sell it. That's like, wow, badge of honor. Succeeded. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Someone actually thought you did well enough Mm. for them to put a lot of money towards buying your business. It takes a lot to get to that stage, to get to that success stage. So what do you do? A lot of people might be very tempted to, at the first offer, say, yeah, I will sell you my business. Now you've got a whole bunch of money in the bank. Maybe you could start another business or even retire, which is my dream. <laughs> well, you've got all that money, right? Uh, sounds great. And, and, and really, in fact, people are so eager to have an exit under their belt that they sell their business prematurely, mm. right? Or perhaps they sell off one of their side projects so that they say they have had some kind of an exit. Yeah, and it does give you some street cred among yeah, yeah. some of your peers, yeah. yeah. So, the thing though is, you must consider that there are some downsides to selling mm. your company prematurely. Yeah. And founders really should think about these. Yeah. Well, let, let's uh, let's find out more from our guest this morning, uh, who is Radek Jesbera, who is co-founder of Kyle. Good morning, how are you? Good morning, Baratim. Good morning, Aliyah. I'm well. How are you? Very good, sir. Thanks so much uh, for taking the time with us. So, uh, we understand that you guys are a platform for alternative investments licensed by MAS. You offer attractive regular income investors, uh, investments, I beg your pardon, that have historically been reserved for professional investors. I mean, could you, could you break this down for us and explain it a little bit more? Yes, uh, I believe it's a very important in this time of inflation to bring income investments to the regular investors like you and myself as well. And uh, that's why we started Kyle as a way how to, how to get regular income uh, for, the, for the investors uh, on the same terms as the hedge fund or the professional investors uh, would otherwise get. What made you want to start this business? Uh, I was uh, working a long, long time in finance in, in a big companies and uh, specifically in consumer credit as well. And I always had this urge, okay, let's start my own business. Let's put my own ideas to work. And when I found a suitable co-founder, then we say, okay, let's do it. Let's, let's see who has the best opportunity. And we did it. Radek, this morning we're talking about, you know, resisting that urge to sell out early for entrepreneur. You're an entrepreneur, but you also practice Aikido and Systema. I've, I've actually wanted to try Systema. What philosophies do you apply here to to ensure that you have that patience, ensure you have uh, that system in that sense when you take on your entrepreneur journey? Yeah, about five years ago, right, when I onboarded on this uh, entrepreneur journey, I was thinking, okay, let's, let's do something which would help to reduce the anxiety and the stress which is often connected with entrepreneurship. So at the age, age of 40, I started practicing Aikido, which was very hard and kind of late yeah. to start, uh, <laughs> this, this kind of thing. <laughs> so it's, uh, the beginning was very exhausting. But like soon, it, uh, the Aikido like, kept on giving and giving because a lot of things that you learn on the mat can be then used in your daily life and as well as in entrepreneurship like the resilience, right? like uh, consistency, humility, mm. respect to your partners right? as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, last but not least, there is a motto in one of the dojos I'm training here in Singapore. It's called Shoshin. 
the beginner's mind. Like look at everything around you with a fresh eye, mm-hmm. as as if you were a child, right? Not knowing much about like the things around you, but you will see more than the most of the people. Mm, and I'm pretty sure that that has contributed to the success of your business. I understand you raised $1.12 million in total funding with a pre-seed round. Tell us more about that experience. How do you stand out among the investment community to ensure that you can stand out enough to get that amount of money? Yeah, so the easiest way to stand out is actually solving the real problem people have. Unfortunately, like a lot of like a startup, a lot of companies like start sort of with not with the right idea or they fail to shape the idea well enough to solve a real life problem. So once you have a real life problem and you have a solution for that real life problem, then it's much more easier and you're going to stand out, right? And then, then you are able to raise money and be successful. Mm. So, so you guys are trying to, to become some like a, like a supermarket for alternative investments in Southeast Asia for those funds, right? How are you going about, you know, building this? Yeah, so we, we started basically with the idea of democratizing access to income product, namely the alternative income product, uh, because of uh, the, the licensing and everything. We are starting from a little bit a higher tier segment, segment by working with the family offices, working with uh, a smaller private credit fund, but as well as a high net worth individuals. And eventually we would like to move to the regular uh, retail investors. Yeah, we started actually operating since um, a year from now, a year, a few months. And we have been able to build um, a loyal investor community here in Singapore, as well as UAE and Japan. Okay. Let's talk about what we premised this interview on, which was to sell out or not to sell out. That is the question. What are your considerations as you run this business as to what your timeline will be when it comes to selling or hanging on? Yeah, thanks for all those questions. Quite topical. Actually, a year ago, we have refused a, a buyout request, a buyout offer. I think like the usual, the timeline kind of like a differs based on how hot the space you are uh, is and what are your ambitions. But I would like to say that the really distinctive entrepreneurs have a distinctive future like in mind about their business and their industry. And they usually resist the temptation to sell the company, right? Or like discount their dreams and starting doing something which which will give them like a quick money or for for the business because they see that potential like in the future because they see the reality or the future differently than other people and they are willing to invest into it and that's often they are optimizing for a different KPI which might not be okay now I get now I sell a company or get a quick money or now I become quickly profitable right and I look better in terms of traditional business metrics, but they just have a different thing in mind. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, it, it's kind of like in Wing Chun, we try to keep a center line where martial arts is concerned. Does that, that martial arts, and, and just coming back to that, because I know that's a huge part of your, your life, does that help you resist the temptation? Some people, they, they, they finish an art, they get a black belt, they move on to the next martial art in that sense, and they try to collect a whole series of different martial arts practices under their belt. Yeah, people say that with a black belt, your journey actually starts, right? Yeah. Uh, it doesn't finish. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, also, I think it's a, it's useful to try different martial arts or at least like 
train with the pe- people from different martial because it gives you different perspectives and you can test actually how good you are, right? How okay. effective whatever you are doing. And the business is the same. It, mm. You need to talk to a lot of people, right? Try different things at the market and you will get a lot of perspective. The worst thing you can do, like, like just live in your own bubble, right? In your own ideas. You need to get that feedback, right? You need to get uh, be exposed to the reality. Well, speaking of different perspectives, what do you think of people who say, look, you know, there's not much value in patience. You need to know to strike when the iron is hot mm. uh, in regard to what we were talking about earlier, which is when do you sell? When do you hang on tight? What's your perspective on that? I think you need to understand in which part of the cycle your industry is, mm. right? And sometimes it's, it might be the best idea to sell on the peak if you understand that it's the peak. And if, if you really understand how's the peak and how's the best time like to sell or maybe to raise capital, right? You don't need to sell necessarily at the time of the peak. And, and you understand there's a, there's a worry ahead, right? Where the people are going to be disillusioned, like a lot of companies will, will go fast or the valuations will go down. But again, usually the serious entrepreneurs who are building a, like serious businesses who be, which are going to be around maybe 10, 20 years from now, they still understand, okay, okay, this volley of uh, disillusionment is just uh, popping the bubble of the hype, but the real value is still there, right? And the business is going to be real valuable down the road. Mm. Radek, uh, let's, let's talk about what you're specializing in this whole alternative investment. What's your outlook and does it really help decrease volatility? Yeah, I believe so. I believe so. So we've been on a roller coaster ride for the past two years, right, with the stock market and with the bond market. And we know how the bonds and, and the stocks are uh, much, very much connected, right? One is rising and the other one is dropping, right? Mm. The interest rates are, are going up and down. That is, that is why, like, the ultra-wealthy investors, they invest 10 times as much into alternatives than the regular retail investors, right? And there are reasons for that. And one of them is, is the volatility, because they are basically locking away the money from the publicly trading, traded market so that they can have a store of value, A, and B, they can get a regular income right, from it as well. What are the risks, though? I'm sure there are downsides to this as well. Yes, of course they are. Uh, so it's still pretty much a nascent space. So there are a lot of um, assets which are sort of a bit opaque, and it's hard to say how valuable they are, right? Mm. Like, let's, let's take a, a very good example. The real estate is the most used alternative asset. A lot of people think about flats, right, houses. This is something, this is my investment, right? Mm. But the value of the investment is also, like, not stable, Right, that's this one. There are maintenance costs. Right, there is a, there are bubbles. Right, in, in the pricing of the of the housing market. Right, so so you need to be careful the, uh, with with the asset itself. One, and second, uh, you should be careful with whom you invest with. Right, okay. is it a regulated firm? Right, uh, are these years are your money secure? Hmm. Any thoughts on the boom of, of the memorabilia market? For example, okay, we know watches has been around for quite a while, but during the pandemic, there has been a boom in sports memorabilia. I mean, can you imagine if you and I were bidding for one of Bruce Lee's geese? <laughs> That'd be worth a lot of money. What are your thoughts on this uh, on this sphere? Yeah, I understand why people are doing it. I personally would not invest into 
uh, this kind of watches, memorabilia. Because I like productive investment. I kind of mm-hmm. like a belief that with the money, right, we should help the economy. We should we should help other people. We should make them into the productive use, okay. right? And so there's a lot of. Um, Watches are kind of innocent, right? But they're coming back to real estate, right, market. So in, uh, it was just a news yesterday that Canada has forbid uh, foreign investors to buy real estate in Canada, right? And they did it for a good reason because the prices were going up and the people who wanted to live in the houses in Canada, right, suddenly didn't have the money. They couldn't afford to do so, right? So that's, that's the negative kind of side when investors start flocking into this... Uh, limited supply kind of assets, right? And that's, that's why I prefer productive investments. And that's why uh, at Kyle's, we actually place the investments uh, to the uh, consumer lending and SME lending firms. Now, since you're hanging on to your business, Kyle, tell us more about what your plans are for the short to medium term, considering where markets are today, where what the zeitgeist is Generally, when it comes to post-COVID world and so on, what are your plans to take this further? Yeah, so the so general side guide is that alternatives are growing. We estimated it's now a one trillion asset class, one trillion US dollars. And for us, we will, will continue what we are doing. We are double betting on uh, a buy now, pay later companies because uh, it's the kind of first entry into the credit uh, amongst Southeast Asia customers. Uh, but we uh, understand by now pay later not as a, like a credit product, but as an investment product. We see from the, from the data, which we are seeing that the delinquencies right on, the, on these loans are way lower. And then the credit loads for, the, for consumers is also a way lower. So we, we see it as a, as a good investment opportunity which is A, productive, uh, B, it's a substitute for perhaps expensive loans, and it's a good way for the first-time borrowers to get into the credit ladder. All right. Radek, quick last question. What belts next for Aikido? <laughs> well, I would belt I am in Aikido. Uh, I am just, just the one level beyond the black belt. <laughs> all right, you're almost there. Yeah. I wish you all the best on that. Uh, Radek Jezvera, who is the co-founder of Cult, you take care and stay safe, yeah? Thank you. Stay safe. Bye-bye. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.